0: did you know 65 trillion dollars are needed to meet the below two degrees target of the paris agreement i'm daniel hartz and this is the sustainability champions podcast where we highlight the people ideas and innovations that are protecting and healing the planet today i'm speaking with rachel feinsilver manager of sustainability and responsible business at lloyd's banking group within their commercial bank Lloyds is the UK's largest financial services group, and they've made a commitment to reduce the carbon emissions they finance by more than 50% by 2030. They're playing their part by investing in tackling climate change, having provided £6 billion of green financing for their clients since 2016 through their sustainable financing initiatives. For example, Lloyds Bank and Scottish Widows, which are both brands within Lloyds Banking Group, together provided 273 million pounds of funding towards the world's biggest offshore wind farm, the Hornsey Project One. I'm really looking forward to learning about how Lloyds is playing their part in reducing climate change. So Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: No problem, thanks for having me.
0: And where are you taking the call from?
1: Yeah, I'm just in Northwest London at the moment and um, still making the most of working from home.
0: Absolutely. And, and for the for the remaining of the warm weather, although that's pretty much gone.
1: Yeah, we've lost the
0: heat wave. <laughs> exactly. It was nice while it lasted. So today I'd like to really talk about three primary things. So number one is how Lloyd's Banking Group is approaching climate change and, and their commitment to reducing carbon emissions. As we mentioned, that's a big part of what you're focusing on. I'd love to hear your background specifically and how you started in this area, because it's really cool to have this much kind of focus on, um, and, and I would say almost influence in pushing uh, carbon neutrality and, and reducing carbon uh, emissions. And also any advice on, uh, that you can provide on what people can do to be more environmentally friendly, whether it's at home or, or even from a financial standpoint. So briefly, before we jump into all of that, what exactly do you do at Lloyd's?
1: Sure. So I work in the commercial banking division at Lloyds Banking Group, which is the part of the bank that looks after our business customers through the Lloyds Bank and Bank of Scotland Mm brands. And to put that into context, we serve over 100,000 clients across a wide range of business sectors from the kind of small local businesses up to multinational corporations and financial institutions. And my role within that context is then within the sustainability and responsible business team. And really, that involves working on our longer-term thinking about sustainability and the risks and opportunities that they present to us as a commercial bank, but also in supporting our colleagues and helping them best support their clients in discussions around sustainability and responsible business.
0: Wow, that's really cool. So basically, you're, you're working with clients to make sure that the way that... Is it the way that, the, that Lloyd's... Works with clients, or the way the clients um, actually conduct business is more sustainable and, and greener.
1: Yeah, so it's a bit of both. Um, you know, we definitely we have this ambition to you know halve the amount of carbon that we finance by twenty thirty. And so, in order to meet that target, you know, we're we're really keen to work with with green businesses. But but also, you know, we've got a lot of clients on our books already, and. We like to see ourselves as more than just, you know, their bank that provides them a loan, but but really their kind of trusted advisor that they come to to talk about their business strategy and the kind of themes and and different priorities that are facing them as a business. And sustainability is one of those growing themes. So we try to play our part in providing insight and, and helping them consider the different risks and opportunities that may face their business.
0: That's awesome. How, how did you actually get started in the sustainability field? What was sort of that moment where you realized like, this is interesting to me or this is what I want to do?
1: Yeah. So this is a pretty new role for me. Um, but to be frank, it's, it's a dream role. I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to follow one of my passions as part of my my work life. That's awesome. Um, until fairly recently, sustainability was more of a, a personal passion of mine. I was that annoying person always reminding friends and families to you know bring their reusable coffee cup and and championing buying second hand but I think with the growing focus on sustainability in the media thanks to the likes of, of Greta Thunberg and, and David Attenborough it's becoming far more of a concern for businesses too and I noticed that at Lloyd's we were doing quite a lot in this space and so I made it a really personal goal of mine to try and transfer into that part of the group where I could utilize the experience I already had had within the various parts of the commercial bank over the last few years, but really focusing on my passion and my purpose around sustainability.
0: That's really cool. I think that's, um, that's a, it's a great way to do it. You know, if you see an opportunity, if you're interested in sustainability, for instance, or in really in any topic, obviously this podcast is about sustainability. So that's what we talk about, but yeah. So if you see an opportunity in sustainability, um, it's so cool to be able to transfer into that, especially if you know the way that the business works, and you're able to take that knowledge and just go into a new division uh, and start applying what you already know and also what you're interested in. I think that's a really, really cool way, and it probably well, I would imagine it—it's it, really exciting to actually go to work and um, and know that you're making a difference that matters to you.
1: Exactly. It's that whole purpose piece. You need to make sure that, you know, you're getting that when you get up in the morning. So luckily for me, I definitely have that box ticked.
0: That's awesome. Good for you. Um, With Lloyd's Bank, one of their, one of your big um, kind of slogans is this idea of financing a green future. So, and I think you've already touched on this, but it'd be really interesting to hear a little bit more about what exactly that means in terms of how Lloyd's is financing. A green or uh, a greener future
1: yeah that's a that's a really great question but i think before we get into that it's probably worth setting a bit of context on sustainability as a as a topic in its own right because i'm sure you know you and your listeners know it's a topic that's been really growing in momentum over the last few years and and even over the last few months we've really seen it ramp up it's constantly evolving very fast moving Um, But effectively, what we've seen is is as that topic has grown momentum, the public from across the world are demanding change Mm. and and consumers are demanding more from the businesses that they buy from. And at the same time, the UK government has declared it a climate emergency and has committed to aim for net zero emissions by 2050. And, And that's got implications for all clients as they face into the changes to their business models to their markets, and even you know, new regulations that will come into force. And so with that in mind, supporting the transition to a sustainable low-carbon economy is one of our strategic priorities at Lloyds Banking Group, especially given our unique position at the heart of the UK economy and our purpose of helping Britain prosper economically, socially, and environmentally. Now, you know that being said, I'm mindful that we're operating in some pretty unusual times and and businesses today have got a lot on their plate over and above just sustainability. You know, many businesses are just fighting to stay afloat and so our vision has had to shift a little bit to instead focus more on helping Britain to recover from the pandemic. But, you know, with all of that in mind, it's still worth noting that anything we do Is intrinsically linked to the UK economy, and the UK still has a legally binding commitment to deliver net zero by 2050. And so we at Lloyd's are really well placed to play our part in helping the UK transition to that low carbon future that we need. And that's why earlier this year, we announced that new ambition to accelerate working with customers, government and and the market to help reduce the carbon emissions we finance by more than 50% by 2030. And, and that's really important because financial services can be a really key part of the solution. And at Lloyd's, you know, we can do so in a really meaningful way by paying to our strengths and focusing on what we know and what we're good at, and that's financing. As the biggest commercial bank in the UK, we can work with our clients and use that lever of finance to bring about change and make a real difference to Firstly, our business customers, but also the communities that they serve. And we know that we can only really achieve our ambitions by working alongside our strategic partners and the UK government. And that's why, you know, a few weeks ago, we joined with over 200 other businesses to support the call to ensure that the economic recovery plans align with the UK's wider environmental goals. And I think when you think about sustainability, the UN Sustainable Development Goals are a really great framework to think about the changes that we need to bring about in the future. And in order to deliver those goals, or even just, you know, the UK's transition to net zero by 2050, there are a number of different projects that need to be delivered to meet those goals. And those projects require financing, and financing is what we do. So We at Lloyds have got a big part to play in making that green vision a reality by working with businesses that are helping to transform the UK economy into that cleaner, greener one, but also through helping our clients to understand the importance of the changes that are coming and how we can help them prepare for the transition as well.
0: So how how do you actually finance a greener future?
1: Sure. So... Primarily for us at the moment, it's through our green finance products. And one of these is our clean growth financing initiative, which provides discounted lending to our clients for purpose-driven green capital expenditure. And this can cover a basic revolving credit facility, which is essentially like an overdraft for a business client Mm. up to financing the purchase of specific new assets. And we've made sure that the terms of eligibility are really clear. The loan purpose must meet set criteria to make sure that the purpose of the investment is really green oriented and it's not just greenwashing. And in addition to the green lending for for that CGFI initiative, we also offer green bonds, green deposits and sustainability linked loans. And and to bring these to life, these investments could fund things like the purchase of electric vehicle fleets for businesses to ground source heat pumps to solar panels and also energy efficiency improvements. Following on from the points laid out earlier, we know that the demand for green products and services are growing fast and consumer expectations are higher than ever when it comes to sustainability. And, and that's why we've provided more than £6 billion in green finance through these products to support UK businesses to transition. And between 2015 and 2019, we raised over £2.8 billion in green bonds for UK corporate issuers, more than any other UK financial services company. So, you know, we're playing our part, but, but clearly there's more to do.
0: That's really cool. I mean, that's quite a substantial amount of capital uh that's going towards uh green initiatives
1: yeah huge and and you know we're just one bank so there's lots of other banks also operating in this space and and it's growing so there'll there'll be more and more to come
0: this is a an off-the-cuff question um what what would you say kind of um sort of in a in a summary i suppose way what, what would you say is the role that banks play in moving? us as i suppose a species forward in becoming more sustainable
1: yeah big question i think it comes back to the point i made i made earlier that you know banks primarily provide the funding for future initiatives so you know it's all great to have a big idea about different ways that we can improve the environment but somebody's got to translate that idea into a reality and typically that requires money. And so I think the the role of a bank is is thinking through the logistical um, challenges in delivering that that vision, Um, but also considering the different risks and opportunities to um, delivering that that vision. There may be other complications that that the kind of general idea doesn't necessarily think about. So so our role is working with different people across the industry um, investors, our supply chain, our competitors, other clients to really understand the, the different risks and opportunities that are involved and then working with, you know, our clients to deliver those goals that ultimately, you know, on aggregate will, will drive us towards that longer term, more sustainable future.
0: Got it. So what, when you have those kind of conversations with your clients, I mean, what, what is it that you're typically talking about from the point of view of uh, sustainability?
1: Sure. Um, So I think typically we'll we'll tend to talk to them about the commercial risks and the opportunities that are involved when you look at sustainability. So, you know, if we take the risks first, I think the case for for physical risks is pretty clear. Um, You know, there was widespread flooding in England earlier this year. There were the wildfires in Amazon, Australia, you know, more recently California. And you know, there's been impacts on biodiversity, hunger displacement, all of these can have a massive impact on a business's ability to operate. And we're seeing more and more of these images through the media. Um, but if you just take carbon as an example, the International Panel on Climate Change said in twenty eighteen that we had twelve years to limit of warming to one and a half degrees compared to pre industrial times. And in order to achieve that goal, we need to halve emissions by 2030 and then halve them again each and every decade after that. And to put that into context of of what we're seeing today, you know, we saw emissions drop globally by 17% in April compared to last year because of the pandemic. But by the end of this year, we're expecting drops of only around 5% as things have started opening up again. And in order to limit the impact of global warming, We need that sort of reduction each and every year until net zero emissions are reached around 2050. And those reductions are not going to happen through lockdowns and restrictions, but by climate policies that lead to the deployment of clean technologies and reductions in the demand for energy. So that kind of leads on to the second type of risk, which is a transition risk, which is the risk that businesses are left behind and don't adapt to the future that's coming. Either they've not built in resilience for climate change, or they might not um, face—you know—they might face increased costs to adapt to the future regulation and legislation that's coming. And so, you know, we recognise that climate success will be contingent on addressing those risks, but also designing a transition that's both fair and seems to be fair across the country and across societal different levels. And so. This is what's been termed the, the just transition, which is delivering climate action that generates positive social impact. And, and we've recently welcomed the publication of the Grantham Institute's Just Transition Report, which highlights the, the importance of socially and an economically fair transition towards the low carbon future. And has committed, you know, we've committed to do all we can to help make sure that you know, that just transition happens in the UK. And then the third type of risk is, is reputational. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, public sentiments are changing and consumers expect more from their companies today. People are more knowledgeable about the environment. They've got access to a lot more information that they may once have done. And people take a lot more things into consideration when making their consumption choices. And we're demanding more from our producers. And so companies need to ensure that they're meeting those needs. So we have a role to play in firstly, demonstrating our own ability to do that, but then also helping our clients adapt to those changes to better serve them for the long run too. But then on the flip side, with any risk, you've also got opportunities. So, you know, you, you had a stat at the introduction and, and the one that we use is Mark Carney has estimated that there's between five to seven trillion dollars a year that needs to be invested globally to meet those you know, the UN sustainable development goals. And that was before a huge downturn we've seen as a consequence of the pandemic. And we've all been affected by the ongoing impacts of COVID-19. It's one of the most complex issues we've ever faced. But um, some research that we launched a couple of weeks ago together with the Carbon Trust found consumer spending has shown that. Um, carbon emissions fell by 4.3 million tonnes at the height of the lockdown, Mm. which is a drop of 27% compared to the same period in 2019. And so whilst the focus of the attention at the moment has quite rightly been on our response to the pandemic, net zero remains a legislative and environmental necessity. The country's made a commitment to change the way we live and the way we work And and we believe that the transition to net zero through sustainable growth will be core to the recovery in 2020 and beyond. And and if there's a positive to take from the last couple of months, and I say that being hugely conscious that it's been deeply distressing for many, many people, but this does present an opportunity to build a more resilient economy for the UK. And we know that pre-COVID, the green economy was projected to grow up. 11% 11% a year, with low-carbon technologies fast representing the future of British business. And that growth rate was about four times the rate of the standard economy. So investing in low-carbon transition is clearly a job creator, as well as accelerating the transition to net zero. And so you know it's more important than ever that the UK meets its own climate targets and the globally binding Paris Agreement. And there was a survey that Ipsos Mori carried out that said two thirds of people in the UK believe that in the long term, climate change is still just as serious as the coronavirus is in the short term. And in our recent research, we found one in three UK adults are now more likely to try and reduce their carbon footprint, which is going to spark you know, their own mini green recovery. So, with that new focus on a green recovery and this ongoing narrative about building back better, there's going to be lots of investment opportunities within the green space. And so we're well-placed to support financing those investments and encouraging our clients to take part in, in those different changing technologies too.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And so what, what are some of the sectors that you're focusing on in terms of actually uh, you know, helping clients transition?
1: Sure. So um, I think... Before I get into kind of sector focus, it's probably worth us talking about kind of our strategy um, that we've kind of taken within the commercial bank with respect to sustainability. And and we've really done that through three key pillars. So our first has been around investing in colleagues. And I can come back to that in in a bit more time. Um, Our second pillar has been about making some ambitious sustainability commitments. And again, I, I can come back to that. But the third part has been around supporting the transition. And within commercial, we've really focused on some sectors that, that contribute to the largest amount of emissions within the UK. We're a UK-centric bank. We should try and use our position to help the UK transition to that low-carbon future that we need. And so for us, we've taken that lens where we've assessed which sectors make up the biggest part of UK emissions but equity In which sectors are our clients most concentrated in to help us determine where we can have the biggest impact. And it's worth bearing in mind that in order to make inroads within those sectors, we've deliberately taken the decision to identify the right people to work with in those areas and leverage their expertise through commercial partnerships. We're very much aware that we're a financial services firm. We're not, you know, expecting to be experts in in anything outside of that. We can't do it all on our own. And so we need to work with other people who are experts in those fields. So, um, you know, one of the sectors, to come back to your question, that we've um, focused in on is, is agriculture. Um, and we've made a specific commitment to support that sector to meet its ambitious net zero target of 2040 through our brands, Lloyds Bank, Bank of Scotland and the AMC. And this sector generates 10% of the UK's emissions And we have got a role to play as the largest lender to that sector. But also given, you know, we've got got to act a lot sooner to meet those goals a decade earlier by 2040. So we've come up with a package of of different measures, which includes, you know, lowering the minimum lending amount to access green funding, broadening what it is that we finance, and promoting and facilitating the use of three leading carbon measurement tools, And we did some analysis as part of building out our proposition. And we found that nine out of 10 farmers don't currently have a way of measuring their carbon footprint. So that's a really important step forward. And and the reason we've done that is because it's not just about providing finance. um, It's also about providing help and advice along the way through our relationship managers who have been through training to develop their knowledge. But in addition to that training, we also provide sustainability information sessions directly to our clients to provide practical information across the sector through our partnerships with relative relative and relevant experts in that field. And then on top of that, we've also announced plans to plant 10 million trees by the end of this decade in partnership with the Woodland Trust. And, And some of that is working with our farmers to plant to plant trees directly on their lands, but you know the tree planting is just one of a number of different offerings that you know I've covered that we provide to the the agricultural sector. Um, but I can also tell you about what we're doing in in the transport space and also in in the real estate sector if, if you're interested.
0: That's really cool. Just going to the um, and I th- it sounds like uh, kind of the the theme here is that, Lloyd's has money where they can support. So it's, um, I like to talk about how supply and demand plays a really big role in the way that companies move towards becoming greener because, you know, we as consumers have the ability to actually, um, to actually sway what companies sell, um, based on our purchasing decisions. So it seems like Lloyd's is sort of on the other side of that Supply and demand equation, where you can sway what companies do and how they think based on how you lend uh, money to them and finance them. Is would that be accurate?
1: Yeah, it, it's around kind of working in conjunction with you know the the goals that the UK government set out, um, but also yeah, responding to those patterns of changing consumption and. And, you know, making sure that businesses are prepared to kind of walk that line because, yeah, the government sets goals and that can impact regulation, which will affect businesses. Consumers can change their consumption patterns and that will affect businesses. And so our our role is to kind of help advise, you know, clients to understand those challenges that that are coming up and help them think about the the opportunities and the risks to their businesses and, and how we can help you know, them with their longer term strategy in a way that is kind of low risk um, and, and safe for the business and, and for us. Hmm.
0: That's really cool. When, and when you're saying that farm, nine out of 10 farmers don't have the tools to measure their carbon footprint, is that something that Lloyd's actually supports uh, farmers to be able to do?
1: Yeah, so so I mentioned so we, we now point them in the direction of uh, one of three different carbon calculators to help oh. them better measure their carbon footprint because unless you know where your emissions are, it becomes very difficult for you to make any changes. So we, we did a bit of research before we built out this proposition, and that's one of the key findings that we found.
0: Mm, that's really cool. Um at the beginning you mentioned there are three pillars, and one of them is investing in colleagues. Um, so what exactly do you do there that allows Lloyds to finance a greener future?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really fundamental point for us. So in order for us to be able to engage our clients effectively and have the best opportunity to support their investments in sustainability, we need to lay the groundwork with our own people and equip them with the knowledge and the skill so that they feel confident and fluent to engage with their clients on the issue of sustainability. And so as part of our commitment to help our clients, we've trained over 640 colleagues through our partnership with the Cambridge Institute of Sustainable Leadership. And, and that involved in pre-pandemic times, a pretty pretty intensive face-to-face course over a day and a half with, with a number of different experts who, who would come in and really paint the picture on a number of different themes covering why these are such important issues and providing the hard facts on what we've got to face in the coming years as well as you know some clients who would come in and share uh, their stories on how we've helped them and and finally we'd finish with some sector-specific insights and and all of that was backed up by further online training modules that all colleagues were required to complete on a number of different topics to get their accreditation from from Cambridge and and that should really form the basis and the understanding to give our relationship managers the language and the tools to be able to talk to their clients about the themes that they are seeing and, and to bring it to life for customers. And, and the support that we give to our colleagues is then more than just the training. All of that activity is supported by monthly newsletters, which provide the most up-to-date insights on, on client themes, but also national and, and government contexts. And we also host a suite of webinars internally to provide deeper dives into relevant topics, and and all of that is underpinned by an internal collaboration site to share resources with one another on the different themes that we're seeing.
0: Wow, so that's um, yeah, I can see. I mean, you you basically need to make sure that your employees inside and and inside the company and internally know what they're talking about and how to how to actually approach the subject in order to be able to. Uh, Go forward and, and talk to your clients about it. So that, I mean, you mentioned um, agriculture, uh, and there was two other ones. Um, yeah, but it seems like what, what were they the other two? Uh,
1: so real estate and also transport.
0: Right. Yeah, those are, I would imagine, huge, um, huge opportunities where you can really um, support companies that are going into a, into a greener future with with so many different. Areas and I mean, you you mentioned Lloyds is is the largest um, bank uh, banking group in or financial services group in the UK. It could be a pretty challenging to know where to start. I mean, there are just so many opportunities and areas that you can go. So, where where do you focus your activities first? What's um, would it be starting internally and then kind of based on that, you have an understanding of where to go next or is it really just um well actually i have no idea how do you how do you approach uh when you have so many different opportunities
1: yeah so so it comes back to our strategy that i covered previously so you know we've we've got those three pillars and the first point is around investing in our colleagues which which i've covered just now um our, our second pillar has been around um making some ambitious sustainability commitments And that aligns really nicely with what the Winder Group have done. Um, But within the commercial bank, we've committed to supporting transactions that will power 5 million UK homes with renewable energy from 2018 to the end of 2020. And we delivered that a year early, which we're really proud of. Um, And already today we've delivered 6 million homes and we've still got a few months to go before the end of 2020. And, And similarly, Within that same plan, we also committed to help commercial banking real estate clients to invest in the energy efficiency of their estate, so that five million square feet of commercial real estate will also become more energy efficient by the end of this year. And and on that metric, we we've hugely over delivered, having improved something like nineteen million square feet to date. Mm. So again, we're really hugely proud of those achievements. So you know, we invest in our people, we come up with some big um, ambitious statements and then the third part has been around supporting the transition and, and as I mentioned previously that's about focusing in on the sectors that really contribute the largest amount of emissions in the UK but also the sectors that we are most concentrated within to help us determine which are the ones that make the biggest impact so um, agriculture as I've covered is is a key one you know we uh, are the biggest lender to that sector and Um, It makes up 10% of emissions and they've got a really urgent timeline that that industry has committed to achieving. So that's why we started there. Um, Transport is the leading sector for emissions in the UK. um, And it's also been fairly stagnant over the last few years when a lot of other sectors have made far more significant reductions. That being said, it's also the sector that's probably been most impacted by the pandemic and probably one of the sectors that will, will see the biggest reduction in 2020. So we're mindful that it's, it's a pretty challenging place to be at the moment. And on top of that, we've already seen the government legislate in that space that there'll be no new petrol or diesel or even hybrid vehicles sold in the UK by 2035 or even slightly earlier in Scotland. So... You know, we're already starting to see that sector become competitive sport in terms of manufacturers and suppliers of vehicles announcing ever more electric models and our own clients seeing, as it, seeing it as ever more differentiating to be able to talk to the credentials of, of their own fleets. So within the transport sector, we've partnered with the ITT Hub, who are innovators in technology and transport, to sponsor their signature event which brings together the whole of the transport sector to focus on its journey, no pun intended, to net zero. Um, And and that partnership will give us the opportunity to collaborate in a network and sit on their advisory board that's focused on the transition of that sector as a whole. And and the key thing here is that 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 sector needs collaboration across the whole supply chain to come up with solutions that will transform that sector into a low-carbon resilient one that works for everybody and and their event was meant to be in may of this year but understandably that's been delayed until next year fingers crossed it all kind of goes ahead but that's when we'll really kind of collaborate within that space and then real estate is is another sector that um, we really focused in on because quite a large amount of the uk's greenhouse gas emissions come from the built environment and also if you think about it every business has a premises that it operates out of so it's quite a nice um, kind of lens to look at our client base and think how we can kind of help clients across the piece and a key part of our strategy for supporting the reduction in emissions in that sector has been the development of our green buildings tool which we built in association with the sustainability consultancy the cfp green buildings and it's available to any of our clients who own or rent property portfolios of of any size and it's a digital insight tool that enables you to identify, evaluate and understand the return on potential investment to make your property more sustainable and energy efficient and it's the largest data system of its kind in Europe and it uses proprietary information that's not publicly available and so the tool has the ability to process information from Know just one property all the way through to a a large portfolio and it distills that data into an easy to navigate business case that makes it really easy for our clients to take action on some of the findings from the tool and when you look at the situation we find ourselves in now with the pandemic it represents a really great moment for businesses to consider their footprint and you know that being said I'm mindful that Businesses have got a lot of decisions to be making right now and you know their footprint might not be top of the agenda. But for some of them, the insight from this tool can be really helpful because it can help them make some big decisions on which buildings to retain and which buildings to improve. And a key thing to bear in mind is that 80% of the buildings that will, in- will exist in 2050 have already been built today. And so we can only really improve the emissions by looking at that whole retrofit opportunity and quite recently the UK government announced that it's effectively put aside a billion pounds worth of funding to support the decarbonisation of public buildings and social housing and then another two billion pounds to fund the scheme to help households towards the cost of, of energy efficiency upgrades and on that latter point our retail bank have also just launched a kind of Complementary version of the tool I've just described for our, our kind of home customers. And it's, you know, the same kind of thing. It's really quick and easy. You answer a few questions about your home and it gives you a personalized action plan um, with estimates of your EPC rating and your home's emissions. So, retail customers can also use that tool and then see how they could potentially take advantage of the government's recent announcements on retrofitting. So there's some of the examples of some of the sectors that, that we operate in, that helps answer your question.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. It's uh, interesting to think about the fact that 80% of buildings um, that are currently built will be around in 2050. It's It makes sense. It's just somehow kind of surprising. Anyway, um, so yeah, re- retrofitting clearly is going to be a huge opportunity for a lot of, a lot of um, I imagine, companies and people who are looking to Go in because it doesn't make sense to knock down an entire building and build a more eco-friendly one. Um, so that's um, that's that's kind of an interesting insight um, from the point of view of because I mean there's so many things that you're doing um, both internally at Lloyd's and external externally at Lloyd's and, and focusing on you know planting trees and working with these three sectors and uh, so on and so forth. How would you say that Lloyds actually compares in the market on sustainability? So, you know, when we're looking at other, uh, other banks and, and other financial institutions, where exactly is Lloyds uh, in comparison to, to others?
1: Yeah, it, that's a really great question. Um, this year, we were actually named the UK's greenest bank by a company called ShareAction who are an independent, not-for-profit organisation, and they reviewed all of the top financial institutions across Europe, and we were ranked second in Europe, but, but first in the UK, in recognition of the progress that we've made and the commitment to change you know, that we've shown through our actions rather than just through our words. And and that being said, we know that there's still quite a long way to go, you know, to get to you know that low carbon future that we're all striving for. We we've also been the only UK bank to make the CDP A list for climate change in both 2018 and 2019. And the CDP, who are formerly known as the Carbon Disclosure Project, enable companies, cities, states, and regions to measure and manage their environmental impacts and and climate change risks, and they provide an overall score from, from A at the top to a D. And the key aspects that have contributed to our A rating are things like our strategy and the actions that we've taken to identify the opportunities and the threats related to climate change and to help finance the transition, um, but also the climate-related targets that we've set ourselves that I've you know, already covered and the results that we've achieved today in reducing our rain emissions, which is kind of more of a group deliverable than a commercial one.
0: So as the Greenest Bank, congratulations, by the way, that's super awesome. Um, What are some of the uh, kind of additional things that Lloyd's is doing? Uh, So for instance, you know, you you mentioned planting 10 million trees uh, as a a commitment, which um, I think is fantastic. I'm an absolute tree hugger. I love trees so much. So that's, I think that's really cool and um, hugely important. Uh, What are some of the other areas, broadly speaking, that Lloyd's is focusing on in terms of really, you know, your commitment to uh, a greener future?
1: Sure. So um, I guess that, that rating that was given to us by ShareAction is kind of representative of, of the wider group. So not just, you know, everything we're doing in the commercial bank. So I'm, I work in commercial banks. So, I, you know, I'm here to talk about the role we can play in connecting with UK businesses. But but that being said, I can talk about what Lloyd's is doing at a high level to provide some of the context for some of the work that I've laid out. I'm just not projecting to be an expert. Um, So so as as a group, our overall aim is to become a leader in supporting the UK to successfully transition. And so to support that, we've set ourselves seven ambitions. So the, the first is to become a leading UK commercial bank for sustainable growth. Supporting our clients to transition to sustainable business models and operations and pursue new clean growth opportunities. So that's kind of everything I've covered today. Um, But additional things are we want to be a leading provider of customer support on energy efficient and sustainable homes. So that's the home energy tool that I I covered earlier that the retail bank have recently launched. Um, We also want to be a leading UK provider of low-emission, green vehicle fleets. We also have a pensions business, so we want to be a leading UK pension provider that offers our customers sustainable investment choices and challenges companies that we invest in to behave more sustainably and responsibly. Uh, We also have insurance business, so we want to be a leading UK insurer in improving the resilience of our customers' lives against extreme weather caused by climate change. We want to be a leading UK bank in the green and sustainable bond market. And we also want to be a leading UK bank in reducing our own carbon footprint and challenging our own suppliers to ensure our own consumption of resources, goods and services is sustainable. And so to support that, we've made a number of different um, ambitious commitments, which which I mentioned earlier. So there's that 50% target that we've set ourselves to achieve by, by 2030. And then, yeah, we've partnered with the Woodland Trust to plant 10 million trees over the next 10 years, um, expanding the UK's carbon sink and helping to reforest the UK. But, but that's not an offsetting target. That's just something in addition that we're, that we're doing. And part of that will be through planting trees on, on our agricultural clients' land. Part of it will be partnering with local communities to do uh, tree planting projects. And some of it will be planting you know, trees Within existing woods, woods within woods, to kind of help improve the carbon sink. So, um, there are some of the things that that the wise are focused on.
0: That's super cool. I think there's it's the fantastic thing about being part of such a big organization is that you have the ability to influence and, and um, you know get involved in a wide variety of areas and, um, make a really, really big impact, um, for, for people, people who are interested like for me, for instance, I'm, I'm interested in also in my personal life to be environmentally friendly. And you said that that's something that, uh, that you would always remind your friends about, you know, bringing a reusable cup. What, what kind of advice would you give to people, uh, who want to be more sustainable just in their, in their daily lives?
1: Great question. There's there's really so much that can be done. I could go on all day about this. Um, but, but we really can have a huge impact as individuals. And I'd really recommend, you know, taking some time to complete an online carbon calculator, as it's a really kind of easy way, and there's loads of them, but it's an, it's an easy way of reviewing your carbon footprint, as it identifies all kinds of changes that you can make, and often make you know, things that you're not necessarily aware of can be really large contributors to your footprint. Um, but I guess overall my main tip would be just to try and consume more mindfully I mean how many times do we overbuy at the supermarket and then at the end of the week we find a, a mouldy old carrot at the back of the fridge that we've forgotten about or you know we buy a novelty t-shirt for a, for a Hendu or a new top only to realize that we've got a really similar one at home I, I generally try to recommend just trying to slow down consumption and in the spirit of you know Marie Kondo just bring into your home all the things that you really love and you'll use rather than just buying for
0: the sake of buying. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Mindful consumption. That's um that's a theme that I'm hearing more and more consistently um throughout the conversation I've been having because ultimately there's a lot of um there's a big carbon footprint, not just carbon, it's it's pollution and you know using resources in the actual creation of products. Um and so I think that's a it's a very valid point of the less you consume, the less resources and, and other kind of things are needed to, to make those products. Um, so I think that's I think that's an important point. Um, and and one that you can apply basically anywhere in your, in your life. Um, and, and finally for, for anyone who's interested in the work that that Lloyd's is doing in this space, everything you've described, what would be the best way to actually either, um, to find out more or to, to speak to someone potentially about it, um, or for any business owners who are listening to this and want to uh, get involved with Lloyds or work with Lloyds on, on any of the points that you've mentioned, where would be the best place to go uh, to, to learn about that?
1: The best place is really on our website, which is lloydsbankinggroup.com. And we have a whole sub-site focusing on sustainability called Financing a Green Future Together, where you can find out lots more and see some case studies of how we've helped some of our clients. We also have separate websites under each of our brands. So there's the Lloyds Bank website, the Bank of Scotland website, Scottish Widows, AMC, etc. So depending on which part of the group that you want to connect with, you can find all of that stuff online as well.
0: Awesome, very good. Well, thank you very much for your time, Rachel. Really enlightening and it's, like I said, it's, it's awesome to see large organizations and, and you know the biggest financial services uh, company in the UK really taking big strides to make an impact and to move the sustainability agenda forward. So thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating. And also, please subscribe, whether on your podcast app or on YouTube. And that way you can be the first to know about new episodes. Thank you very much and talk to you soon.